You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum. I am an intuitive oracle card reader and energy healer. In today's episode, I am going to be talking about processing endings. And what this means for me is the cycle of death and rebirth and how we sometimes forget or don't want to deal with some of the endings before we get into a new beginning. And then we end up seeing these cycles come around more often than we'd like because we haven't dealt with them in the first place. And for me, I think that this has been really integral to my last year. And if you notice, if you look back in my Concrete and Crystals Instagram, I was talking about the number 13 quite a bit. And that is the death card. So with that, I think a lot of people get very nervous thinking that it's something evil or dark, but really it's just telling you that it's time to let go. And I think that that's something that we don't fully explore when we're going through our cycles of creation and our just general life cycles. So I thought I'd talk about it a little bit more of how this has been coming up and some things that have really helped me to start wrapping my mind around how to make sure that that transition from the ending to the beginning uh, is completed in a way where the ending is actually an ending and not being dragged into the new thing. So the 13, like I said, is the death card. But for me, endings also come in the form of like the tower card where everything has to crumble in order to build something new. And I also find that with the endings, for me, there's always a part of me that needs to kind of reconcile the endings with um, being in nature. Oh, it's 11-11 right now as I'm recording. And I've found that anytime I've had a really difficult ending or even a death, because we're talking about the death card as well, um, in my family, I have really needed to spend time in nature because it just helps to ground me. And I think that when things are ending and we're trying to get the courage up to step into something new, we really do need to ground ourselves because it can make us feel very flighty and it can feel like chaos. And so even when I was a kid, when I was, um, I think 11, yeah, I was 11 when my, my first grandfather passed away and my instinct was to open the back sliding door, go into the yard and lay next to the birch tree. And it wasn't even a conscious decision. It's just something that I felt really strongly, I guess, in the moment and went right to it instinctively. I know that the times that I really want to connect with my grandparents, who on my, these are on my dad's side, they both passed, I feel very connected to them when I go to see them in the cemetery, not only because the headstone's there, but it's where I know I can find them in nature. And I also just in general associate the birch tree with my grandmother because I have some of um, 
her like china pattern dishes uh, i have a teacup and a couple of trays that her pattern was birches and I, I don't even know if i ever was fully aware of that when i was young but um they were passed down to me and i already had this connection like i said from having the birch tree in our yard um i've always just found them very beautiful so now when i want to connect with her if i can't go all the way to the cemetery i can at least go into nature and visit the birch trees and spend time with her and i feel like that helps me process things and then the the second part of that since i'm just talking about the tarot cards and how i see that is the rebirth and for me the card that comes up the most is actually an oracle card and it is in the Animal Spirit deck by Kim Kranz, and it is the Phoenix card. And this is one of the spirit cards in that um, guidebook, and it represents the root chakra. And I think that that comes up for me a lot because a lot of the things that I'm working through are, you know, in this human life, they're not as so much the spiritual as they are like my material and physical plane kind of things that I'm trying to figure out. What it talks about is how the root chakra like lights the fire and gets the energy moving up through the other chakras. And I really think that that's true. And that's where the grounding comes in as well, right? Like you need to feel grounded in that root chakra before you can start reaching up into something new, right? And like reaching up to, you know, the sacral and like that solar plexus power and so on. So that's something that also when i see that card coming up i also think to myself yes okay now i really need to start you know letting this actually crumble so that i can start rebuilding and I, the tower card is also i know i've mentioned it before but it is something that really scares people because it means things have to come apart but i think that's true of anything when we want to build something new is the we have to let go of something even if it seems completely unrelated to anything else in our life, this new thing we need to build. It takes our time, our energy, our resources in order to create something new. And so it just makes sense that, you know, they say nothing as ever completely destroyed is just transformed, but everything is the same energy. So it makes sense that you can't possibly just, when you're living to the, the max, you can't add extra energy without really suffering somewhere else and so it may just mean that you have a habit or a limiting belief like even if you feel everything else is balanced you may have some subconscious belief that you're just not aware of or there could just be somewhere you're spending time that is not good or or healthy for you or even just something that you're actually bored of that you're just doing out of routine so I feel like this is the point where I get to where I know what it is I want to do next, but I just have this nagging feeling that there's something I need to shake off before I can move forward. And lately I have been really connecting with, like I was talking about nature, with the yew tree. And this came to me because um, in an, a meditation, a deer came through as a Reiki guide, but his name was Kaya, which is actually a type of Japanese yew tree. And 
when I discovered this, I started really resonating with the energy of the U. And I also have this um, Celtic tree uh, oracle set and the card in that deck, there's a U card and it came up for me a lot. And it has a similar message of um, death and rebirth. And it connects us to our past and allows us to see that through wisdom that we didn't see before. So things that were already there that we just missed or ignored, it kind of brings us back through that so that we can see why this is coming up for us or what needs to be let go of. And they actually were most commonly used in cemeteries because they represent that death and rebirth because they grow in the stems can grow into the ground and then come back out again as new stems. So even though all of the different plants look like they're separate above, they're all linked below. And I think that's a really beautiful way of thinking about us being one connected whole and like the unity consciousness that even though we're each living our own separate lives, we are linked through this energy. But for me, it also can represent when it's I'm looking at it from my own lens, from like my own journey, it's different aspects of yourself where there's different versions of yourself that you could see all in a row and be like, yeah, at one point I was this version of me. At this point, I was a different version of me. And so even the cemetery reference kind of is accurate because you can look back at yourself 10 years ago and say that was a totally different person, but you still honor it and you still revisit that self from time to time and access that energy. Um, but it is a continuous thing, right? You're always doing this death and rebirth cycle without even realizing it. It's so natural. And yet we're so scared of it when somebody points out one part of it. It's like when you're in the loop, you're fine. But if somebody, if somebody stops and says, look at this part, this is the scary part, then all of a sudden that's all you can see, right? So I think that that's really important to point out because I know that is true of myself. Like when I look at the hard things directly, they seem hard. But when I'm just in the flow and just doing things because I know I have to do them, they're part of the whole process, I can do them no problem. So I think it's very much a perspective shift as well, which is why the U tree has really helped me um, when I've been focusing on it to do that. Um, and it also represents like a spiritual rebirth or reincarnation as well in this context. And one of the things that I like about it is it's just considered like a bridge between the worlds. And so I think that by connecting with it, it makes me feel like I can connect to my higher self or my guides and really get some some help when I'm going through this process of transition from the de the ending to the beginning. Because I think like what for some reason, I've always felt this really strongly that in between the ending and the beginning, there's a middle part that we don't see. And I've talked about this in some of my uh, Instagram lives um, because there's in numerology, I have numerology cards that I use. And the nine is the completion of a cycle. And the one is the beginning of the cycle. But then there's the 10, which is like the karmic completion. So for me, I honestly see the zero as being in between. And that's that like, because it's a circle, it doesn't end, right? It's just like keeps going. And so you have to make sure that this, that you're dealing with that part. So between the nine, which is the ending and the one that's the beginning, there is this last little bit where you have to fully do a circle check. And I think that's for me, it's just kind of coming to me now that like the idea of reviewing 
the whole cycle and then like seeing it with new perspective like now that you're so close to the new looking back at the whole cycle of the ending not the ending itself but like the cycle that it represents and making sure there's nothing that happened along that cycle that you still need to let go of I think that's like a thing that we don't think about is like we just go okay this is done time to move on and then you don't actually process that you could be bringing something from that previous cycle and it might not be something like let's say for me like I've been in school for four years and so I'm looking at the last three months let's say as like the ending of school and then let's say I want to start something new right now I could start the new thing and say well technically school is done but that was a four-year cycle I'm gonna have to look through that whole four years now and reflect on it and feel if there's anything that maybe I didn't fully express to someone or I didn't fully finish a thought or maybe there's something that was traumatic that I'm forgetting about right and like so for me I think that the zero exists between the nine and the one and there's a reason for it because we tend to like to skip over it and we're like oh that's not a real number (laughs) that's just a zero we'll just go right to the one because that's where all the energy is but I think we need to complete that right because the nine kind of is like a zero and a one right like it's got the those pieces to it and then there's the 10 which is the one and the zero so it's inescapable like you have to deal with that zero even though it technically let's say doesn't exist um like we don't look at zero very often when we're looking at um like spiritual meanings that much but i think that it really is important in this cycle and then I also have another book, which I'm going to do an episode on when I revisit it, because I've read it a few times, but like usually just like piece by piece, like what I need in the moment. Um, and it's called The Wisdom of Birch, Oak, and Yew. And of course, the yew tree was not what I focused on before. Birch was always like my heavy focus. Like I've always loved the birch tree. So that's kind of why I even got the book. But there's this energy about the yew in this book, which is very unique. And it talks about how the bir- the you, sorry, acknowledges that there is a light and a dark and that you need to be in the dark in order to come out into the light. And this follows along with what I was just saying, because it says there's actually a quote that I wrote down where it says from darkness and stillness emerge wisdom and inspiration. So I think that by just constantly going, like you're already in a cycle, then you just hop into the next cycle. There's no way to know where that, where if if you've missed some really key wisdom about your own past or, you know, something that maybe your guides or your higher self has to tell you, if you're not stopping for a second. And even just in the, the frame of mind, I know there's a lot of people that are very much focused on like, oh, just be like grateful for what you have and like focus on the good. And that's fine. But even with the gratitude angle, if you're looking at that, because I do believe in having gratitude and taking moments to do that. But I do that as a reflection of the past cycle. When I finish something, I sit with all parts of it. So I'm grateful for the experience and all of the parts that are involved in that cycle. But I also allow myself to see what maybe wasn't so good or maybe something that I need to let go of or maybe there's some shadow work that came up in the cycle and they're like, oh, this is an inner child wound that I need to deal with now. I didn't really think of it that when it was when it was happening, because when you're too close to something, you tend to just see the next thing, like I said, and move on. So 
that's why for me, looking back at four years, I kind of need to like mentally go through each year, maybe what classes I was in, what people I was talking to, and see if there's anything along the way that I didn't fully get to the full end of the cycle to complete it. Um, and then there's also another quote that I wrote down from this book. It's really just an amusing book, but um, this quote also made sense with it for this uh, conversation. And it says, too much light in the wrong place is cruel. So walk with confidence into the dim sacred light under the shelter of the youths. They are old teachers. And this is exactly what I, it's funny, I forgot I even wrote that quote down, but it's exactly where I was going with this was that you, they talk about how, like when you need to sleep, okay, you, you need to sleep. And then if you're a person who needs darkness and someone is like shining light in your eyes, it disrupts your sleep and then you're not able to complete that cycle and it takes you out of the the cycle the part of the cycle that you really need at that time and the example that they give in the book too is also just like sleeping with the curtains open and then if you go to bed late and then like the sun starts shining in and, you, and your immediate reaction is to go into darkness and so you go under the covers and so it's this idea that you do need the dark and that this works on a spiritual level as well. So instead of being afraid of it, like I was saying before, just really see what's there. Just go into the dark parts. You can bring a flashlight if you need it, you know, bring some good energy or like talk to someone about it. But you need to get under there and see what's there because that's where you learn. There's no growth if you just shake off emotions in, in the moment or like just move from one thing to the next you're not going to grow because you're just con you're honestly just staying in the same cycle you're just hopping from one to the next right there's no time for that transition in between um, where you and that's where you grow is when you look at what's left in the dark that you didn't see right because that's what a shadow is it's like the dark things that's covering something that you're you're not looking at right so I was thinking when I when I read this quote that we, we do tend to wait until there's something that forces us to look at the shadows and the darkness. And so this might be, let's say somebody who never does any shadow work, doesn't look at anything dark, and then someone dies in their family. And then that grief is just going to hit them so hard because they've been living only in the light. And they have no frame of reference for how to deal with grief. And I, I really feel that grief applies to any ending. Like for me, I, I said, you know, like I am excited to be done school, but I am sad. I'm grieving right now. I enjoyed these four years. I met a lot of great people. And it's not that I'm going to lose the people, but I was really comfortable in that cycle. I really loved that cycle. So now... I have to allow myself to grieve that. I can't just jump into something new without processing it, which is our tendency. And like myself, um, like on the note of like um, losing someone in the family, like I, when I was four, one of the girl, I was not a social kid. <laughs> I was like super antisocial. I avoided other kids other than my brothers um, when I went to kindergarten. And there, I remember for my birthday party, there were only two girls that I invited because I didn't want kids coming to my birthday party. And one of them didn't come. And she was the one that I was like, oh, like I really wanted her to come to my party. And I was like sad that she didn't come. But then she actually passed away. She was in a tragic accident. Um, and I remember my parents explaining it to me. And 
I actually still have the kind of the visual of this like tunnel of light carrying her up, but that's a side story. But I was introduced to death at a young age, you know, even like my cat that I had that I was obsessed with um, when I was a kid, um, she was hit by a car and she died when I was, I guess, nine. And then we moved when I was 10. And then when I was 11, my grandfather died. And then when I was 13, my other grandfather died. And then when I was in my early 20s, my grandmother, who I was very close with, my uh, paternal one I was talking about earlier, she passed away as well. And so I've had kind of a steady dose of grief. And it's not necessarily like I'm saying it's totally an advantage, but it is when it comes to processing other types of grief because I've been through the process so many times and so when I'm saying how if someone is in the light all the time and doesn't have any way of of experiencing grief um they might think like oh good like I haven't had to experience this but there's different levels to it right like like I said even if it's just ending a relationship if you don't fully grieve it if you just jump into another one or you know just keep yourself busy to not feel it, then you're not experiencing the grief that's needed to complete the cycle. So every time you don't do that, every time you don't experience the grief from the cycle, you're bringing it with you. So I know I've done that a few times and it does haunt you. It comes back in little ways where you don't know where it's coming from necessarily, but there are these things that just limit you and prevent you from moving forward. And so when you do see it and it does come to light, you have to deal with it. Like it's a gift because you're like, oh, thank God I can finally get rid of this thing that's been lurking in the shadows, you know? So I really appreciate that the you has this beautiful knowledge and wisdom like embedded in it. And I was actually saying this without realizing, I think obviously spirit crumbs are leading me to this topic and I have been dealing with it for a while. And in my uh, card pull Friday on my concrete and crystals page, I was talking about how if you balance the light in the dark and you allow yourself to have those dark moments and to really acknowledge these shadows, you're not going to be shaken as easily. And so that is kind of what happens for me is I have so many things constantly where I'm looking at the, the shadow and I'm fully exploring that. And yeah, I, I do the same thing as everyone. There's sometimes where I'm like, I'm not ready to deal with that right now. And I just don't. Um, but then it does come to bite me later. And I'm like, I should have just dealt with it the first time. Um, but everyone's different. Like what is, and that's something that I, that's, I think why I was going back and forth between the like literal death and like the endings, because if you're someone who has is is like very very sensitive and grief and loss really really impacts you deeply which is a natural thing then it's even more important for you to start with the small things start with like i'm going to think of something really silly so that it's not so dark um your favorite flavor of ice cream gets discontinued <laughs> It sounds crazy, but let's say every time you're upset, you go and you get this ice cream and that's what you cover up your sadness with. Or let's say that's just something that you look forward to. And now you know you can never, ever get this ice cream flavor again. Normally, you'd probably say, okay, I guess I have to find another favorite. Yes, you do. But 
let's say you still have a little bit of it back in the freezer you need to really sit with that and just like let yourself feel sad about it i know it sounds kind of odd to most of us but like if that's something that has brought you comfort for a long time and then now you're not able to access that and now you know you have to find it start a new cycle find a new thing to replace that with allow yourself to feel sad and it's just building up the uh, it's the awareness everything comes down to awareness right and so like if you're aware that this is something that brings you joy and you now no longer have it, it's okay to acknowledge that and say, I am sad about this and actually just sit with that. Let yourself cry. However you process grief. And that's how you learn how, how you personally like to process things. If you need to discuss it with someone to get through it, that's great. Then you can start with that and just say, Hey, look, I know it sounds really crazy, but I'm really feeling sad because I've always gone to this one ice cream flavor. It's not going to be available anymore. And I just want to feel sad about it while I eat my last little bit of it. You know what I mean? So like, if you start with those small things, then it can work up. And let's say next time you have um, a relationship, say that ends, whether it's a friendship or a job or a partnership, then actually allow yourself to look at the whole cycle of the time that you were in that relationship. See where maybe there were things that you grew from, because that's always a positive thing. And then see where there's maybe things that you chose not to deal with that you now should deal with before you enter another relationship. And I think that that will start to help you so that if you do have a really big tower moment where like everything falls apart, yes, it is awful. I can assure you, <laughs> I've been there several times. And yeah, at the same time, because I have these coping skills where I know how to process something through all the way, um, yes, of course, I've repressed things along the way, and I'm now dealing with those. But for the most part, when it comes to loss and change, I'm pretty good at dealing with it now. Um, and the other thing that comes up with the yew tree, that's kind of related to this, but and I won't talk about it too much, because I'm going to talk focus probably heavily on this part if, when I do the episode on the book is boundaries. And so I think that even when you're thinking about these cycles and what needs to change, look at where maybe you could have hold, held firmer boundaries or maybe where you had your boundaries set up too strong. And now going forward, you want to soften a little bit. So that's something to look at in terms of the review. If you're not sure how to start, you're like, what am I looking for <laughs> when I'm looking at these cycles? Maybe just start with boundaries and like where you didn't have strong enough boundaries or where you could let go a little bit moving forward. There's also another um, quote that I wrote down here that is about the yew trees and why I think I was drawn to them because it was over the winter that I started really visiting them. And it says that yew, yew trees are standing firm and strong in dark times. And in this, they're referring to winter, but I think that because these yew trees represent that, like they know that they're just still going to be there and that, yeah, this is a continuous thing. You're going to have these low lows, but then you're going to come back up as a new stem each time, right? So they don't worry. They don't panic. They're just there doing their thing. Everything else is like has lost its leaves, going crazy, really vulnerable and bare. And then the yew trees are just there the same way they have been all year. <laughs> they don't really change. So I just wanted to say that like that's something that that's the energy I was really pulling from them. 
and I really appreciated having the, the these books as well. But just being in the energy of them, I just really find them that they have a very particular energy. And it does also talk about how by being like firm and strong in dark times, it's also another thing I'll talk about in the other episode is that this book talks about how individualism is really key to the you because they all are so different because of how they grow. Um, and so being honest, and so I interpret that as being honest about yourself, like don't hide parts of yourself from yourself um, because that's just going to hold you back. And then the other part of this, um, this is going to be a long one, but the other part of this is the beginnings. So yes, I've just talked about all the dark stuff about the endings, but in the beginnings, birch trees are actually very, very tied to beginnings and new, new starts because in the Celtic new year, which I've learned from the Celtic tree Oracle, um, the birch trees are the new year month, which is November for them. In our culture, you know, our new year, let's say in like the Western calendar is in January and January 1st is in Capricorn. And then if you look at the shamanic horoscope, which has the same timeframes as, as astrology, as astrology, the Capricorn is the snow goose, which is my sign. And the tree for that is the white birch. So there's this always this connection of birch trees to the new beginning. And what I kind of learned from also my studies, because I took a lot of environmental science and uh, geography courses, is that after a disaster, um, like a fire or something that disturbs um, a forest, birch trees are one of the pioneer species that will be the first ones to grow after a disaster and so i love how this has come full circle for me this has literally just been in the last week where because those are the two trees that i focus focus on so much and now it makes sense for my life because like i said i've had a lot of these i focus a lot on this death and rebirth cycle and they work so beautifully together because the you is the ending and the rebirth and then the birch is like after that like ending and and burning of like the phoenix and the tower card, you've got this birch that just shows up and it grows straight up and it's full of life force, as they say in the the birch oak and yew uh, tree book. What's really cool is that they talk about how they bend with the wind, but they're flexible, like nothing really bothers them. They keep growing up, they focus on where they're going and they hold on to their intention. And so I think it's really beautiful thinking about how even in our, our own, let's say, like astrology or moon cycles, we do on like, let's say a new moon, today's the new moon in Aries, which is why I particularly waited until today to record this episode. We really put our intentions in the new, right? Of like this new cycle. And so I think when we're doing something with beginnings and endings, when we're looking at the beginnings and the um, intentions for it, that's where I think I've always really looked to the birch is like when I'm wanting to start a new cycle, I tend to feel my grandma around me. I want to be near the birch trees and I kind of just want their reassuring energy that like you can just keep going forward. I like the idea that they specifically say growing upwards in the, um, in the wisdom of trees book, because 
obviously other trees like they'll start to grow branches out really early at different points like their actual trunk might be lower and like then have a bunch of branches but if you look at a birch tree they go like straight up and then it's just like a little ball <laughs> of like all the branches when they're young right and so i really like that that is kind of what we're what we can visually see is that they just focus on getting up there and then they do their thing right and part of the book that i really love is they have sections in the book and there's a magic to each tree and in this one it's the magic of anticipation and so like they say as i was just saying like the, it can be the poorest soil but they will still end up growing and it's like they trust and that they're very positive they know that it's going to be fine they just grow anyways it doesn't matter what's around them they're just going to grow and i think too um because today i just did a reading i every morning i pull from four different decks and today of course i got the birch tree in the celtic tree oracle deck and this one I really like as well because it talks about of course that it's the first month and they talk about how like the um the white uh stands out in the forest and really is reassuring and saying we might have an easy journey but something that also comes up is is determination in overcoming difficulties so even when we're in that like in between I love both these trees for this reason because they stand right in the middle when like you might be like ending something but then you know you can start the new thing because even if it's really crappy soil and you're like i don't know how i'm gonna do this the birch is just gonna grow anyways <laughs> there's gonna be a fire you're gonna still be crackling and you're gonna see that birch just show up and so it does talk about it being a new start but it says in this which i just wanted to come back to that before this can be safely oh sorry i'm reading from it about the new start and it says, before this can be safely embarked upon, however, all old ideas, unhelpful influences, and bad thoughts need to be cast aside. In making your spiritual journey with this tree as a guide, remember to concentrate your mind on the uplifting slender whiteness of the tree, a whiteness that stands out clearly from the tangled undergrowth and confusion of shrubs and thorny bushes that cover the forest floor, and hence may inhibit an easy journey." So I just wanted to say that like I knew I was doing this episode today and this card came up and I think because it really makes sense for today with the new moon in Aries. So I know I said this is like kind of a Capricorn in shamanic uh, horoscopes with today being the new moon in Aries. It's all about leadership, fiery energy, initiation. Initiation is a word that's been stuck in my head for a while now especially with Aries season where it's just just start the thing just do it right it's that energy and this like just knowledge that like this confidence that you're just going to be able to do it so I really wanted to include that in today's episode and then speaking of my reading today um I did want to also bring up the fact that from the wild unknown the animal spirit um deck I pulled the bat card, which I haven't had in a long time. I actually forgot it existed because I've been getting like the same few cards. Um, but even this card, it came up. So I do them in, in pairs. So I have a Native Spirit Oracle card deck and the Work Your Light deck with, um, by Rebecca Campbell. And the two of them kind of tend to pair together. So today was Grandfather Sky, which is um, life force energy and being a healer. And then the Age of Light, you were born 
for this, basically. Like, you've had a bunch of lifetimes that have led you to this point. So that made sense together. And then these two came together, the bat and the birch. And the bat is darkness letting go, death leading to rebirth. And so it just is so crazy how, like, I knew I was doing this episode today. It's the new moon. And I just really wanted to bring that up today, too, because it was just so cool that that came up because it talks about, like, ending a chapter and closing a door and then really encouraging us to move on because a new day is coming. Don't linger in the past. And that just made a point to me that, like, even though I say to, like, process the past, I do strongly believe in that. But also remembering that even though the yew tree, you know, is representing death and it grows into the ground it comes back out again so it doesn't the process there's no real guideline for how long that process needs to be but just remembering that you will get through it and you will come back out the other side so that ended up being longer than i thought but i shouldn't be surprised because i love this topic and there's so much to say on it so i hope that this resonated with you And I hope that you will also take a look at my Concrete and Crystals Instagram because on Wednesday, the 14th of April, I am choosing a winner for my giveaway of a one hour healing session at Quantum Reiki and Crystal Distance Session. And I also have my Guide to Your Inner Lightworker workshop starting on Friday and the base price is $55. And that can be spread into five payments of $11 each. That's the base price. And then if you'd like more coaching or readings to go along with it, there are other bonus tiers above that. So you can check that out in the link in my bio in either of my Instagram pages. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs, or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.